Welcome to The Brew Files from Experimental Brewing, our quick hit series where we focus on fundamental aspects of brewing, including styles, techniques, and recipes. More brew, more flavor, more stories, less time, less ukulele. On this episode, we answer the question, just how many curveballs can you throw at a brew and still make an award-winning beer? Igor Eric Pierce found out with his little beer that could, a grisette that won the 2018 Sam Adams Long Shot Competition. We sit down in this episode with Eric and dig into the story of the beer, the competition, and why he brewed a second backup batch. We even get to taste them. Mmm, beer. But first, a message from our sponsors. Do you own a copy of John Palmer's How to Brew? If so, you know it's one of those truly indispensable resources for brewers. Well, it's time to replace that old dog-eared copy, because our friends at Brewers Publications have just published the fourth edition of How to Brew, and it's a totally new book. The new How to Brew clocks in at 600 pages, and every chapter has been updated and expanded, and there are five totally new chapters to boot. So grab your copy at your preferred beer book vendor, or buy it from the Brewers Association store if you want to get the book and support craft breweries at the same time. More info at BrewersPublications.com. Family-owned Atlantic Brew Supply is the biggest homebrew shop in the Southeast. No gimmicks, no multinational corporate overlords, and no BS. Unique ingredients from local suppliers, including malt from neighboring Artisan Malt House Epiphany Craft Malts and award-winning recipe kits, including the Toll, Raleigh Brewing Company's GABF-winning Imperial Oatmeal Stout. Plus, we've got pro-level equipment and the best-in-cask supply equipment from sister companies ABS Commercial and Cask Supply. Malts, extracts, and more, all available by the ounce, an on-site calculator to help you craft your best brew, same-day order processing, and guaranteed two-day shipping for East Coast customers. Get 15% off your first order when you use the coupon code BREWFILES at checkout at Atlantic Brew Supply. The American Homebrewers Association, a community of more than 45,000 individuals who share a common passion, beer. Since 1978, the AHA has promoted and advanced the most delicious hobby in the world, providing brewing resources, supporting homebrewer-friendly legislation, offering exclusive member deals at breweries and homebrew shops, and hosting one-of-a-kind events like HomebrewCon and the National Homebrew Competition. Join your beer-loving peers at homebrewersassociation.org. Welcome to another episode of The Brew Files. And we told you in the last episode of the main show that we had, well, you know, sort of a, a big deal, one of our own winning a big prize. And so Denny and I are sitting here with one of our bestest buddies. Eric, say hi to everybody. Hi. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mr. Eric Pierce, why do we have you on the show today? I think I won something. I think you did. I entered the uh, the Samuel Adams long shot competition for this year and i actually won <laughs> I, I never win anything 
Well, now you did. And the background, of course, is that Sam Adams has been doing the long shot on and off for a number of years. And it's always been their sort of competition to say, hey, homebrewers and sometimes the brewery employees as well. Here's your chance to win the whole schmageggy and end up with your beer in a nationwide six pack. Wait, wait, did did you just say schmageggy? I'm going to write that down. That's a name for a beer. Uh, Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I just crossed it out. (laughs) Really? Okay. Yeah, well, that's that's the interesting thing is that I uh, I don't know if I'm going to get a bottle with my face on it or not, which is fine with me. <laughs> uh, I honestly, just brewing in that uh, little brewery in Jamaica Plain there will be uh, will be enough. That's going to be an amazing experience. Right. And so, yeah, and that's one everybody thinks, hey, that's where Sam Adams is from, but really, that's their research plant. It's a little lab um, and uh, fun and a museum too, and a really great tour. Oh, cool! With well, his beer at the end. <laughs> Always the best story tour. <laughs> tell, uh, tell us about this year's competition because it ran a little differently than it normally did, right? I mean, you used to always be like, make make a beer, enter it in, get it judged, make it up to the semifinals, get it judged, and then maybe you win, right? But this year it was different. I, I think they did this last year too. Yeah, they, they, uh, this is like the 22nd year of their long shot competition, but I think it's only the second year of this format. And what they do this time is they, they, they said, well, make a 30-second video of uh, why you love home brewing and for some reason that they, they thought and it's probably true that it that if you're not willing to make a video uh maybe you're you're not you know it kind of weeds out the uh, i guess the maybe occasionals or something i'm not sure i i'm pretty good at making funny videos but this for me it's like kind of an advantage give me a leg up into the semifinals. so it was tailor-made for me maybe i don't know <laughs> i usually don't get past <laughs> semifinals. uh in uh, in a regular homebrew competition, so you know that makes me even more of a long shot. It, it, so they they did this thing where it's a uh, you make a video and then they decide amongst the video they pick five of all the videos, and uh, so that becomes the uh, the semifinalist. And then then you actually so okay you made a funny or in my case funny I think it's funny but uh, you made a video that they liked and then now you got to make a beer. That's when I decided what am I going to make. I kind of entered this at the sort of last minute, um, literally at 11.30 p.m. the night it was due at midnight <laughs> when I had like a whole year to do it. <laughs> but uh, I, I got it in there and I didn't think, well, you know, I didn't. they didn't really send an acknowledgement. And so I'm like, oh, oh, well, maybe it didn't take whatever. I kind of forgot about it. And then all of a sudden, hey, we loved your video. So now I'm thinking, OK, that was like, this is amazing. So what, do, what am I going to brew? I didn't have that much time. And I love Saison, and I have a how about a uh, how about a, a sessionable Saison? What about that Grisette thing that was on the brew files that time? And so there we went. I just went headlong forward. I kind of I, I kind of just said, well, all right. I went with the, the the sort of typical sort of seventy-five twenty-five Pilsner wheat malt, and uh, just put it in a beer smith and kind of sent the little controls down to the rail, <laughs> made it low, you know, uh, low in, uh, in the whole spectrum. And uh, that was sort of the basics uh, of, of how I got the recipe going. Tell us what was in your video. What do you think caught their attention? Somehow they might have known that my seven-year-old was actually filming it, the last segment. But I don't know. I just think it was whimsical. And I think they liked it. I, I was thinking about what to say. And I was like, what am I going to say all this stuff they want you to say in 30 seconds? So I just said, hey, you know, sort of along the lines of uh, if a picture's worth a thousand words. Words. So I had my brewing set up, and I just got the the camera rolling, and I just said, "Hey, I'm Eric Pierce. Here's my home brewing stuff. Best way to show you my passion for home brewing is to show you it all in action." And then I just said it. I did like a time lapse video app I got for my phone, and just I brewed two beers, and the camera kept or the phone kept falling over. 
But I only had 30 seconds of time lapse over a course of, I don't know how many hours I brewed two beers. So I just stitched it together till it was a little bit more than 30 seconds. And then I waited a couple of days. I had two beers were going in fully active fermentation. It was great. You know, it was just bubbling out of the blow off tubes. And I just was down there and that's when my son was filming. I just said, hey, uh, well, uh, this is where we ended up. I don't know uh, if, uh, oh, that's right. Because I made two different beers. So I said, let's see if my friends could tell the difference. Oh yeah, I was, I mean, I was taking it in my garage, which was full of junk and I had, where I had the fermenters. And I just said, you know, if, if there was a long shot, that would be me or something like that. It was like, that's pretty much it. And, and <laughs> I, I, they liked it. Do you remember what the two beers were that were brewed on that day? Oh, there were there were two different types of uh, Hefeweizen. I named the beer El Jefe because it's a, it was commissioned by my boss. Ah. So not Mexican, but it, like, El Jefe is the boss. So I, I was gonna enter that, but I was like, well, you know, I, I'm I, I kind of did two things, and I was like, I, I got that for something else. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna brew a different beer for uh, for Longshot. Well, so now why make the move to sort of that lower weight saison? Um, speed. <laughs> I thought it would brew fast, and it did. It's like I could turn that thing around in a week. It was amazing. Well, and it may be because of the uh, the yeast choice, but it was it was really interesting just how the 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 beer recipe or the, and the decision for Grisette kind of evolved over sort of what I had and ingredients that were kind of coming to me. Like for instance, the uh, when I was at HomebrewCon, the uh, I was talking to uh, Seth Klon at the end of at the end of the conference, and he was like, "Hey, do you want any malt? I, I don't want to lug this stuff home." I'm like, "Oh man, I hope you're coming to Providence <laughs> from Mechagrade, our sponsor." <laughs> Mechagrade, yeah, yeah. And and he said, well, "What do you want?" And I uh, I ended up hauling home about 16 pounds of uh, of malt, and one of them was uh, red wheat, the wiki up, and I couldn't wait to use it. So I'm like, hmm, "Let's use the wheat." I uh, I didn't use it up in the uh, in the, the half of ice, so I'm like, well, I already had some Pilsner malt, so I had Pilsner, some wheat. I was like, okay, so I went to the homebrew shop and and uh, I was thinking saison or or, uh, or like a sessionable saison, and I was like, okay, let's find some yeast, and and they're like, oh oh yeah, actually we don't have. I I was asking for an imperial strain and and they didn't have it, and I'm like, oh, okay, well I guess I'll use Bell saison, you know I. I I don't think it's quite so uh, meh as Drew thinks. And they're like, we don't have that either. I'm like, oh, great. Okay. So you don't have any. It's almost like the, it's like the, you know, the cheese shop sketch, you know, like, well, this is a homebrew shop. Of course we have yeast. So anyway, I'm, I'm talking to the guy and he's, he, uh, uh, the, one of his helpers comes around the corner and he's got, Hey, uh, you remember that box of, uh, or that, that USO five we ordered? Um, look what we got instead. 50 packets of, BE-134. Like, okay, I guess I know what yeast strain I'm using. <laughs> and it was great because I was really looking for, I was like, oh, yeah, this is that one that, that Drew was talking about in that thing. And yeah, this is new. This will be fun. I think it's my favorite of all the dried Saison strains I've, I've had so far. Pretty good, man. I'm liking it, too. It, it actually has some character, uh-huh. which is one of my problems with the Bell Saison is that uh, not that there's anything wrong with it other than just the fact that the character I find is just relatively lackluster from a Saison point of view. That's fine. You know, I, I, I've used it before and not too unhappy, but yeah, I mean, I prefer this one. <laughs> and, and what's interesting is, uh, well, then the, uh, I don't know if you want me to get to the story of why I brewed two batches. Let's finish up with the, 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 the story of the first batch and then we'll get into the second. So basically that, that, that was set the bones for everything. And I got like some, uh, Strisselsfalt hops because I thought they were classic. And another thing that just in, ingredient that just found me was uh, the 
uh, YCH American Noble mosaics that I got at, at HomebrewCon. So I'm like, oh, this will be fun. Let's put them in a, in the Whirlpool. Yeah, we got to see. Like, how, how, So we've got Mistake on the Yeast. We've got Free Malt from HomebrewCon. We've got Free Noble Hops from HomebrewCon. And Strissel Spot that I bought and Pilsner I already had. So it was, it was pretty much... Uh, I don't know. That just was, a, was 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 sort of all part of how it how it came together for me. I, I got a question, man. So, does Sam Adams know about the exotic ingredients you use to make this beer, and are they going to be using them also? I mentioned it. That's what they said. I said, "Well, do you want to? Do you want me to tell you what kind of beer I'm making?" <laughs> They're like, "You could." I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I will then. <laughs> so I wrote a little note in the in the. Uh, in the box. Are they going to go with the Mecha-grade malt and the uh, YCH American Nobles? Here's the thing. They they don't necessarily brew the beer that you entered <laughs> anymore. And uh, so I was like thinking, well, I don't know. I, was, I wasn't thinking so much the Mecha-grade. I was thinking about, hmm, do they want to bring Diastaticus into their little brewery? <laughs> but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that would be fun. I, I, I'd push for it because I thought this stuff was great. It really makes a nice head, at least out of the tap. I mean, it's it's really super fluffy and awesome. So uh, while we're talking about how the beer's characters are, you were kind enough to send us some. That's and so, right. Denny, you know what time it is? Uh, it's beer 30. I believe so. You actually sent us, as you alluded to, that you had two different batches that you had made. I think what we'll do here is we'll taste batch one first, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it, and then we'll get a little bit more into the mechanics of, like, you know, what actually happened you know, in terms of judging and the GABF and all that sort of fun stuff and the excitement and sort of mind-blowing uh, part of it. So here we go. Beer time. And I'm using my official Sam Adams glass for this. Oh, good. I love those And things. I'm using my official Mecha-grade malt glass. Yay. But I have to say my uh, bottling rig is kind of hillbilly. It's just your basic racking cane with a cork. And so sometimes it works great. Other times I tend to little be a little undercarbed in the bottle. But. No man, it, it looks it looks great. Oh good! Oh, yeah. What an aroma! I'm I'm getting the I'm getting the the yeast aroma from it. A little bit of the hops. I found the first one to be the yeast aroma was kind of playing peekaboo with me, uh, and maybe that's just the way it is a little early on. I don't know. Like one day I'd I'd get it. I was like, oh yeah, there it is. And then other time like, huh, not so much. And I, and I think really it has to do with. If I have a smaller sample, there won't be as much aroma in it because we did uh, we did some tasting of saisons and uh, uh, some people were remarking. But it, you know, comparing the low gravity saison to some higher ones, I mean, you know, you're not going to get. It. I'm I'm getting like phenols up front, malt in the middle, and some sweetness in the finish. Uh, it's a really really nice blend of flavors. Well, and I get that nice little fruitiness, but the sort of restrained fruitiness from the yeah. noble mosaics that you used. Right, right, and now and now in the aftertaste, that's really coming in more. Also in the aftertaste, I think. You know, one of the things we've talked about with uh, Yakima Chief in the past is that the American nobles have that little bit of tannic quality to them. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes in at the very end as well to kind of, yeah, sort of move into the next sip. Yeah, no, I noticed that tannic, uh, that little, little, little tannic thing too. And I'm getting some wonderful, wonderful breadiness from that uh, mecha grade wheat malt, man. That yeah, is really no, nice. I, I, I love that. I want more. <laughs> <laughs> and part of the reason why I like this BE-134, it's got the pepperiness, it's got the earthiness, it's got the phenols, it doesn't have any banana. Yeah. Okay, wait till you have the next one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. You fermented the other one warmer, right? Yeah, it was for fun, kind of, okay. but yeah, I mean, I just, so what the heck? Because that's what everybody does, but I don't know. <laughs> 
we keep talking about this as being a table saison or a grisette for people who don't remember grisette. If you go back and you listen to the Brew Files episode, you know, we talked about the grisette, but basically it's kind of the saison of the industrial slash mining regions of Belgium. And, you know, it's supposed to be a very plain, simple, low gravity type of beer, at least that's how it's usually perceived. And you you had a OG on this of, I think you said 1042? Yeah. So 1042. And yeah, you know, six pounds of Pilsner, two and a half pounds of wiki up wheat malt and a pound of flaked wheat. Yep. Uh, nice, simple, straightforward mash at uh, 149 for 60 minutes before going up to mash out and then bittered with a uh, stressful spot flavored with social spot at, at 30 minutes and then steeped with the American noble mosaic variety, one ounce of for how long? 20 minutes? Yeah, about 20 minutes. You know, I was shooting for 190, but I uh, I recently adjusted my uh, my chiller uh, to to be uh, more like kind of a hillbilly version of a of a jaded. <laughs> it it cranks it down fast, so I think it was more like steeped at around 170, drifting down to 160. I can just tell you straight up, uh, straight up. If I was having a keg of this, this would be hard for me to resist. It's gone, man. It's, <laughs> it's, it's totally gone. So how how long start? Uh, how long from brew day to in the keg and ready to drink oh uh well let's see i mean if i had a quick carb uh but let's just say i didn't i mean i would say you could do it in about seven days me i'm, I'm lazy I, I tend to let things sit a little longer but nine days to, i mean it, it's really it 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 seems like it's done with its active fermentation if, if you get a good you know and and that's the thing it's it's low gravity you, you throw this and you don't have to even do a a, a um, hydration, it, it, the pack just says throw it in. It, it starts going. I, when the warmer batch started almost six hours earlier, I mean, it, it, it started cranking it in the 70s. Uh, but in the 60s, it took about 12 hours to really show uh, show activity on the surface. I don't know. It might have been bubbling. Right. Well, and you said in your notes that, I mean, this was, you know, pitch low, so 64, and then ramp up over the course of the week, right? Yeah, I just, I, uh, divided up the 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 temperature range and honestly i hadn't even gotten into the 80s before it was really actually pretty much done but damn man that's drinkable as hell okay so we got the beer mm-hmm. and you said you counter pressure filled it into some bottles or kind of counter pressure filled it and shipped it off and then a couple of them broke they they told me and it and the bottles and the box smelled really bad <laughs> like, is this i swear this is like the little beer that could i mean like <laughs> I don't know. They had like this bad opinion of it at the beginning. Every time you turned the corner, something else was putting up a barrier. So no, the, the best one, the best one was when I, I thought it was, uh, it was stalled. <laughs> that is so embarrassing, but I have to tell the story just because it's almost like penance. <laughs> like, well, man, you know, if you were on the AHA forum, you would see that once a week. Yeah, well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> So why don't we tell people what exactly happened to make you think you installed? Okay, I was kind of in a hurry, and I was like, oh, let's see how this thing is going. This is good. It's looking kind of done. It's like was done with its active fermentation and was settling down. And uh, I checked the I checked the gravity, and it was like ten twenty. I'm like, oh no, stays on stall. <laughs> see, and I guess maybe listening to the podcast, I have that on the brain. I'm like, okay, and I, and I was talking to the guys at the homebrew shop. He's like, they're like ten twenty, huh? What was the gravity? How long was it fermented for? So it took off fast. And at that point, we kind of looked at each other, and I was starting to realize it. And he said, you used your hydrometer, didn't you? I mean, your uh, your refractometer, didn't you? I'm like, oh, what an idiot. Like, I didn't compensate for anything. <laughs> like, We started doing the math. It's like, 
yeah, your beer is done. It's like, oh, well, you never guess what I did to it. I wanted to rouse it up, so so I <laughs> I shook it, and then I said, no, heck with it. I'll just I'll just shoot it with ten seconds of oxygen. I got one of those little red tanks, blasted it through the stone. <laughs> and then uh, and that was later that I went to the homebrew shop and had this revelation. Revelation, and the guy's like, oh man, I think I think you might have a dumper on your hands. I'm like, oh damn. So it doesn't taste like cardboard. I, I'm 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 impressed. This uh, this is must be <laughs> must be protected by the the brew gods. It, he he could be, but actually, when I looked at okay, what I actually measured and what the uh, uh, original gravity was, and went on uh, the calculator online and it and it said, hey, you know, there might have been like four, maybe five max points of gravity left to go, so it could have been eaten up, um, or whatever I did, it, it it's under the under the thresholds that uh, you know the flavor threshold. I have no idea, but it was just like I committed a major no no and got away with it. So the don't worry, have a homebrew thing continues to apply the lesson being <laughs> if you use your refractometer to do your your gravity post ferment make sure you you do the appropriate adjustment via calculator right and and you know i i never i never do that for that reason and it's been like eight years since the last time i even thought of doing that and my point on this whole thing is that when i was in college we used to talk about uh well we were getting smarter uh by drinking because we were killing the weak brain cells well, I think in later on in life, you realize, you know, you run out of weak ones. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like, but hey, I was so psyched it came out good. I mean, it came down, but but I was like, I got to brew another one. Uh, this thing's going to be trashed. So I, that's when I did the second one. Like at, at the homebrew shop, I said, all right, I'm going to collect all the, all the additional ingredients I need. Um, I couldn't use the, uh, I didn't use the, uh, the noble hops. I didn't have any more of them. So I used some... Uh, 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 Mandarina Bavaria, and then uh, I uh, I did they they were all out of flaked wheat, so I just grabbed some flaked oats and rye, flaked rye, yep, and pretty much and the B through one thirty four that was fine, and and also I shifted it, I made it, I, I made it more on the wheat side, which is kind of like moving away from a grisette there, um, sort of more in white ale territory, possibly with no spices, I don't know, uh, but I went higher on the wheat than at least what Dave Jansen might suggest, but uh, just for fun. You brewed the second batch just out of like, oh my God, I have to have something to be able to enter, and I don't know if the first one's going to be... going to change it up, and yeah. <laughs> okay, you ship the beer off to Sam Adams, so at some point in time, you you tasted batch one, and you went, you know what? This is fine. That was it. It was like I had the two of them, and it was either, okay, it was, thir- it was like Wednesday night, and it's like Monday was the deadline, and of course, I'm going to just send it in under the wire because that's just the way I roll. And so I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I, I, uh, I got to make a decision tonight and I'm drinking it. And it's like, damn, I like this beer. You know, it's like, it's good. And you know, I just, I find it hard to believe it's just going to go completely cardboardy in a couple of weeks. So what the heck I, uh, boxed it up and shipped it. And I, I left the other stuff in my uh, garage for a little while and then eventually kegged it up and, uh, carved it. And I, uh, was just wondering and kind of like, but that was it. Is, is it if I had done the other batch, I would have had to go track down a friend who's got this quick carb thing. And then probably by the time I did that, I just I don't know, I might have been able to, to do it over the weekend. One way or the other, I would have had to uh, I would have to just drive it into Sam Adams. That's, luckily, I was nearby. So UPS ground is like overnight shipping. So. So, all right, you send the entries into Sam Adams now and they they fly all of the semifinalists out to GABF, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So all all five entrants are there. Actually, no, they pick three. Oh, they pick three. Okay, they go from five to three, and they send three of us out to uh, to GABF. So you get the nice, you know, Boston Beer Company royal treatment. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was, the hospitality was phenomenal. Right, and so now. What they did this on Saturday was when they did the announcement. Or was it on Friday? No, it was Friday. It was like Friday. Friday morning. So we we came out Thursday, and then Friday morning we got there for like a uh, a media brunch where they had they had a bunch of announcements uh, and and speeches. Of course, I had it written down. This guy from uh, Brewers Association spoke. Uh, last name Pease. Oh, Bob. Uh, Bob Pease. Yeah, <laughs> Bob Pease was there. This guy. Let me. Uh, Bob. Bob is the head of the Brewers Association. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot his first name. <laughs> anyway, anyway, he uh, uh, he gave a, a great speech about the uh, uh, about the independence label and things like that. It was uh, uh, got me thinking a little more about that. Uh, and then Jim Cook came out and he started doing a speech. And they're talking a lot about the uh, Brewing the American Dream program. Uh, some stuff they do with like they, they do a lot of like micro loans to uh, uh, little companies that maybe are too high risk for banks, things like that. They like so you, usually in the food and bed beverage arena. So that was cool. And then he started. He showed a video of the stuff they do in the uh, in hop country in Germany, which was really cool. And uh, there was one scene that was particularly good where uh, they uh, the guy took Jim down into this little sort of dungeony kind of old old uh, room where he got it's like a barrel room and jim just goes like wow the original man cave it was pretty funny like it was it was really cool like i mean totally old europe kind of place it was amazing and then they were talking a while about things they do and they just there was no like and now we're gonna do the long shot announcements none of that it just kind of got blurted out like and i'm just like what in like total shock so so what you're just you Sitting there, not expecting anything to happen. Well, and, yeah, and... it was it was a little cut off guard. It was pretty funny, <laughs> and uh, so I, I was pretty psyched. He, he uh, Jim said he really liked the Grisette. Uh, the people that worked there were saying how they really liked the clean flavor. They actually did some double checking to make sure it wasn't professionally brewed. I'm like, that's impressive. I, wow, I, I find I'm pretty amazed with that. I know it's nice. It's nice to have a lab. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what they did, but uh, they <laughs> they really liked it. So I was I was pretty psyched. So do you know had the decision already been made before they before they came to Denver? Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right, tell us uh, tell us what you win for having been stunned. You get a you get a uh, in addition to like being uh, flown to JBF and uh, ability to go to sessions and stuff like that, and and they even gave you some. Uh, travel and expense money in addition to that you get a week-long brewership uh at the brewery in uh, in boston in jamaica plain and you also get a uh siebel online class which i'm looking forward to that's gonna be fun yeah and uh it's that that's that's the grand prize man i'm pretty psyched and all the utopias you can drink while you're there right oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) but they're not actually gonna brew your beer is that correct they said that it's not uh they, in the in the the, the the contest rules, it says they may not necessarily brew your beer. Okay, I I I thought that was part of it. It used to be. It used to be. Okay, I would still bet that they probably will. Just I think they just have that sort of rule in the in the online notes, so that in case somebody says, "Hey, by the way, you know, I made this, you know, uber stupid, you know, sour beer with gold flakes that requires, you know, you know, glands of dead sea musks or something <laughs> like that," they don't have to stick to it, right? Right. Well, it's let's see if they want to use uh, 
a a, a yeast that like just screams diastaticus. So I, I don't think it would be the first time they've done it, and it would it would definitely be interesting if they'd also decided to use the mecha grade malts or the American nobles. Yeah, that'd be fun. Well, I know that uh, honestly, if you want to brew craft malt, uh, the big thing around here is valley malt. But I I, I really did like that that red wheat. I, I can't try to like between you guys and Marshall. I mean, I'm pretty stoked about mecha grade and just the way. Seth Klein was just like, here, have some malt. I mean, that's just so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Seth's a a really good guy, man. He he also gave me some unmalted barley because I was talking to him about Prohibition era recipes. I had a grandmother who used to brew and uh, make beer for the boys. And uh, I've always wondered what her recipe was. It's lost antiquity. So I get to invent it and call it Grandma Putnitsky's Prohibition Ale. (laughs) (laughs) Oddly enough, that sounds very appropriate to Boston Beer Company. There you go. My my my, my father does have memories of just like leaning over the uh, this this big tub, actively fermenting, and like you know just knocking him on his butt, you know, like because all the CO two and smells of fermentation can be surprising for a little kid. There, I, I can imagine my mom still tells stories of my grandfather fermenting in an open crock with you know cheesecloth on top of it, and complaining going to school with all of her clothes smelling like beer yeast. <laughs> so that was almost sixty years ago, and she still remembers it. Why don't we now that we've had the official twenty eighteen Sam Adams Longshot winner? Why don't we try the backup beer and see how it compares? Yeah, the the big difference is the I think the fermentation temperature. I think it's got more more punch. Which maybe isn't quite the style. I'm liking the first one even more as it warms up, man. The pepper really comes out in it, and it's really nice. All right, let's do this. All right, so now it's time for beer number two. Oh, I can already, I can already smell it having uh, just popped the cap. Mm. All right, so color-wise, I mean, you still got that nice white fluffy head. Thank you, Mecha Grade. Plenty of. Uh, carbonation in here i assume you said you did the same thing here right yeah yeah oh man this one is significantly different i'm not getting much banana out of it but the body is a whole lot different Uh, i'm not getting as much of the breadiness in spite of the fact you used the same wheat malt in it yeah and i used more of it to me what i get is i get this is sharper and spicier exactly exactly but it's not it's not as earthy and sort of uh, grounded as I think the first one was. Do, do you get this? There's something about, I don't know. And I, I mean, I'm not sure, but it could be my, uh, my keg lines because when I bottle it, I, I switch out to a bottling thing, but I noticed this kind of uh, like this little, little lingering thing at the end, like on, on the palate. There is kind of a, a long drying yeah, sensation yeah. in this one, like a very long dry pull. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think most of that's actually the yeast character mm-hmm. because again, I, to me, this is, this is sharper than the first one. And yeah. so as we were saying, like primary difference between the two, I mean, obviously this one had some oats and some rye into it, which I think also helps with the spiciness mm-hmm. uh, character of it and Mandarin Bavaria instead of the American nobles. The primary difference is fermentation because you said this one started in the seventies and kept going, right? And so, to me, that's going to make the yeast more expressive. I'm actually surprised there isn't more fruitiness. I mean, there is some, but it's not It's not like a half, right? You know, it's not that big banana-type uh, uh, flavor, at least yeah. not in the glass I got. So, what do you think, Denny? Um, I think I like the first one better. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. So, I think 
I think Eric, you made the right choice there. Where the I, I think yeah. the first one has more complexity to yeah. it. I mean, as you're drinking, it gives you a lot more to think about. Uh, and besides just thinking about it, I like the overall flavor better. And it is interesting to me because at least when I hold them up to the light, I mean, there is a slight color difference. Hmm. The uh, the first one has, to my mind, a little bit more redness to it. Hmm. Uh, not much. It's just very, very slight, but it's there. So if I went with like maybe 30 seconds of oxygen, it'd be a little more redder. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is funny to me because I'm, I'm inclined to agree with Denny. I think between the two that we have here, the one that I prefer is the first one that had the, you know, slightly more muck-ups mm. in the middle so of it. What I was thinking is if I was going to do a third one, I'd probably go back to the, the approach of the first one, but maybe boost the hops a little bit. Because it's only like in the the like fifteen IBU range, give or take. Well, yeah, I was going to say because Strizzlespalt is a low alpha hop. Yeah, it's like yeah. two 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 and a half. Uh, well, I didn't want to. I don't know I was interested in the yeast character too, so kind of. Uh, and but if you compare like the the what I used as a starting point in the um, Phil Markowski's book, it, they're talking about mid teens IBUs, whereas Dave Jansen is saying more like thirty. So, well, I suspect some of that's historical versus modern and, you know, changes over time. I don't know. Truthfully, actually, with the first one, I mean, yeah, you could play around a little bit more with the hop character. I I don't think I would change much about it. Leave it alone. Oh, cool. And also for everybody, we didn't talk about the water profile stuff, but you used Beersmith or not Beersmith. Uh, I use Beersmith, but uh, Beersmith now has like some of the same categories as Brune Water. So I, I use Yellow Dry. So you have Beersmith's Yellow Dry profile. and. I don't know, and like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kick either, uh, kick either, either of these out of my glass. Uh, but I do think I, I, I prefer number one. And I think you made the right choice in terms of entries. What do you think, Denny? I, I totally agree with you, man. I, I think that probably number two would have done okay, but number one is, like I said, that's way uh, my favorite. I kept drinking number one as we were talking, mm. and I, I finally had to put the glass to the side so I could do a side by side comparison. Otherwise, it would have been gone by the time we got to number two. We went. I went through that fast, yeah. <laughs> and and plus, I, I I basically bottled up a case. I'd, so I'd been drinking it a little while, and then I bottled up a case, and then uh, it was pretty much gone. Like right after that, like not long after, a few more glasses, and it was done. So, <laughs> well, Eric, I don't know what to tell you, man. Except for <laughs> congratulations, I think you did spectacularly, particularly for a recipe and a brew session that you know had as many crazy man <laughs> mishaps yeah yeah it's like i call it the little beer that could that's all i can say yeah well man major congratulations to you that is a a real honor and a real accomplishment and uh, you know it's something you can look back on for the rest of your life well thanks i do hope that you get a bottle with your with your woodcut on it, you can join mug. The- That'll be fun. <laughs> Anything else that you want to tell people about the the beers or the whole process uh, before we leave? Well, uh, Annie Johnson wants the recipe. <laughs> Post the recipes on the website. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, that'll be good. I think the moral of this particular beery story is no matter what, never surrender, never give up. Your beer will be beer. <laughs> and it may even become award-winning beer despite your best efforts to not make it award-winning beer. And yeah, also, you know, it never hurts to take a flyer and we'll try and make sure. Eric, did you put the video up on like YouTube or something like that? Or we could put it on the YouTube channel. Yeah, I, I, uh, I will 
I forget. I think I did because I posted it on you on uh, on Facebook. So yeah, I can uh, I can get you the links. Yeah, so we'll we'll make sure to include links to both the recipes and Eric's uh, you know apparently attention getting amusing video. Uh, by the way, I like the idea of the falling camera that seems to happen to homebrewers all the time when they're brewing beer. Yeah, no kidding. And we'll make sure those are included in the show notes and on the website so that you too can try and get your own little piece of Sam Adams long shot history. So, uh, Eric, thank you for taking the time and thank you for sending us beers. You're welcome. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on another episode of The Brew Files. We hope that you enjoyed this lesson in never giving up and realizing that beer wants to happen. It's a testament to the power of sticking with your brew. You never know when you'll spend magic out of mayhem. Remember, if you have show ideas, styles, brewers, techniques, ingredients, etc., you can drop us a line at podcast at experimentalbrew.com. You can reach us at denny at experimentalbrew.com or drew at experimentalbrew.com. You can find us on Twitter at EXP Brewing, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Reddit, and just about every homebrewing forum known out there. Don't forget, you can support the podcast by leaving us a review in Apple Podcasts, click the Amazon AHA or BYO links on the website, and by going to Patreon and pledging a buck or two or more to our charitable cause, which for this part of the year is now as ad, helping the animals of Afghanistan and the soldiers who rescue them. Until next time, remember, the brew is out there, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Brew Files.